This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome to all of you again who are listening to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm joined today by Shane Roethlisberger, Director of Pastoral Ministries here at Cornerstone Church and a good friend. Shane, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. So here's our topic for today. Shane, we've got it teed up. We want to talk about ministry in your neighborhood. And let's just set it up this way. Right now is not the moment where we are gathered in full and free and crazy ways in big church settings. Uh, Christians across the country are finding that we are slowly getting back to gathering, but it feels different even in that, right? Like, it's harder to invite my neighbor to come with me to church when there's a limited number of people who can attend that gathering. And so there's a temptation in that to go, oh man, there's so much ministry we can't do. And to focus on all of the lack, instead of turning around and saying, actually right now, God is stirring up in us a new, fresh opportunity for us to be the body of Christ and to embrace ministry where we live. So I, I do think I've found in my own life, there's even as a pastor, a tendency to kind of rely on the program of the church to do the ministry of the body. And right now we got a moment where those programs aren't operating at full steam yet. And even when they do, we need to kind of use this time to grow some new skills, to train some of the muscles of every member being an active minister where God planted them. So Shane, let's just set the biblical and practical foundation of this. Why is the idea that God called me to be active in ministering where I live, not just dependent on the platform of the church? Why is this both a biblical idea and an important idea? Kind of talk with us a little on it. Yeah. Well, I think I think to start off with, you know, uh, we as human beings, we are image bearers, right? So we, we are made in the image of God. Uh, the program is not made in the image of God. We are made in the image of God, every single one of us. And he's called us uh, to participate in the work that he is doing to redeem creation, to um, make much of the name of Jesus. And we put the, the onus of that on the programming of the church. I really think it actually limits God's design for his people to be ministers of the gospel, right? We see when we're living in a, in a broken world, we know that uh, as much as ever right now. And he's called us to be agents of reconciliation in the midst of this brokenness. I think of, I think of Ephesians says that the work of the, the pastor is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Uh, and, and, and so that, in effect, means that every one of us who would claim to be followers of Jesus are ministers. We're, we're ministers, not in the sense that we stand behind a pulpit and we uh, teach to large crowds, but it means that we're ministers uh, to the needs and the spheres of influence uh, that we have and that we're in and to proclaim the truth of the gospel to an unbelieving world who desperately needs it. Yeah, the the reformers, Luther often used to talk about how every father is a pastor to his children. Every mm-hmm. every believer, it, they talked about the priesthood of every believer, and what they meant by that is you don't have to go to a priest to get to God, but also mm-hmm. you've been made a kingdom of priests in Christ now. And so 
you each have a calling. So the first and primary way God wants to grow my children into disciples who follow Jesus is by me as a dad embracing the calling of ministry of fatherhood. So each one of these spheres, I love the way you talk about that, these spheres of influence are actually callings of ministry. Um, Another way to think of it, we talk about this some on staff, is that aircraft carrier cruise ship analogy for what the church is. Explain that a little bit to us. Aircraft carrier church versus cruise ship church. Yeah, I I mean, I love love this illustration. I've heard a number of leaders here. I've heard heard you, you know, describe it. And uh, unfortunately, the, the church in America can often fall into a trap of behaving more like a cruise ship. That church is a gathering place where we're able to consume, we're able to be entertained, we're able to relax in comfortable seats and air conditioning and, you know, good music and good teaching and, and all of that. And, and, uh, and the reality is God has called the church to function more like an aircraft carrier where it is a place of equip and deploy right, where we would equip the saints for the acts of service, and then we would deploy them into the mission field, into their neighborhoods, into their families, into their workplaces, whatever context God has placed them in for the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the cruise ship is a destination. Come with me to this thing to be entertained. An aircraft carrier is a deployment tool. It's a yep. launch pad. And I where we come to be equipped and then we are sent out into the mission of Christ. And so we're sent out into a summer where a lot of the normal rhythms are gone, Shane. And so we've talked about a summer of intentional ministry. I want to, you've given us kind of five ideas that was you shot this kind of podcast idea to me that you want to talk to people about. I'm going to summarize the five, just going to state them for people. Then we'll unpack them. And we got actually technically a bonus sixth that we'll throw in there too. That's pretty important. But five key ideas, you said, pursue friendship with your neighbors, random acts of kindness. And we have air quotes kind of around random since we're planning the random, but whatever, random acts of kindness. Third, seeing your back porch is the front door to the church. Fourth, don't forget the opportunity of ministry under your own roof. And then fifth, your job is a ministry. Your, your calling in the world doesn't exclude how you go and make an income in the world too. So let's walk through each of those. The first one, pursue friendship with your neighbors. Okay, how, how can you engage in that this summer? It's a summer of intentional ministry. Yeah, for a little backdrop here, we, you know, my wife and I are having conversations about the uniqueness of the circumstances that we're living in right now, as is pretty much everybody on the planet. And uh, because of that, there's a whole host of summer activities (laughs) that are canceled, you know, or look dramatically different than what we had planned for. And so we're just trying to think, how do we, how do we capitalize on what is a really unique opportunity? And so the thing that, that kind of rose to the top was just this idea of pursuing friendship with our neighbors. We live in a culture that's so much of a, of a, individualistic, you know, you, your garage door goes up, you pull in, your garage door goes down. And maybe in between there somewhere, there's a wave, a friendly wave at a neighbor. But so many of us don't have real relationship with our neighbors. And, uh, and I, I think that's, that's really a tragedy because 
um, we we can debate what it means to love your neighbor and what neighbor actually means. But we know it certainly at least includes the person who's in close proximity to me. Um, and so, yeah, so we're thinking, how do we, how do we do that? How do we, um, how do we uh, love our neighbors well this summer? And, you know, I think one of the things is that we often assume that our neighbors or just people in general kind of want to be left alone. But uh, even introverts need to be known and need social connection. One of the fun things my son and I have been doing right now is we've watched, we've been watching this TV show alone. Have you heard of this, Mark? Okay, I have heard of this, but I right now only watch funny videos of cats, dogs, or people crashing <laughs> on YouTube or the Michael Jordan Last Dance uh, <laughs> documentary series. That's really all I'm doing. And a little bit, of Na- little bit of National Geographic wildlife. So give me the alone some, some synopsis here, Shane. Hey, MJ's the goat, man. MJ's the goat. Okay, so, uh, so this show, it's on the History Channel, and um, you can watch the first couple episodes free. And so my oldest, my son, he loves the outdoors, loves, you know, innovating outdoors, being an outdoorsman. All anyway, the show is you've got these 10 contestants, you drop them off in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere, and they have a list of supplies that uh, they can choose from survival gear. And basically the last person out there uh, gets half a million dollars. <laughs> and and they put them in these like crazy circumstances. There's bears and wolves and cougars and all this, and they have nothing. You know, they just maybe a hatchet, right? But there, it's very quick. You know, you very quickly realize who are the ones who are competent to to be out here, um, and so it kind of thins the field out very quickly. But ultimately, the one thing that becomes crushing to every single person out there, even those who are the most adaptable and independent is, is being in total isolation. They, wow. they miss human, it's human interaction. So it, it wow. begins to mess with the psyche in such a way that it's unbearable to them. And, and that's because that's the way God made us. He designed us to be communal, to interact. He did not design us to be alone. He said mm. in Genesis 1, it's not good for a man to be alone. Uh, in Genesis 2, for, for man mm. to be alone. So anyway, um, yeah. So we want to pursue friendship with our neighbors. One little exercise that was convicting, convicting to us is um, is just begin to, to look at the houses around your house and ask uh, the question, do you know the names of the people who live in those homes and see how many houses out you can get uh, before you don't actually know the names, just the names, nothing more, but the names of the people in that home. Uh, I got three houses out, Mark, and I was run, I was out for a run. I ran by a house um, who's literally three houses down from my house. And I saw a man uh, watering uh, the plants in his yard. And, and I thought, I don't know his name. And it was incredibly convicting. And um, yeah, we need to be challenged by that. I'm convicted that you're convicted about the three houses out thing. Because I'm like, I don't know if I had three, that would be... But I think that's a great exercise. That if you're going to start with... If you did nothing else on this whole list and started with pursue friendship with your neighbors, I think that would be a great summer of ministry. That would be a great step forward because God put you there. Okay, second one, though, is these, quote-unquote, random acts 
of kindness. Okay, so let's just give me a few ideas. What can I be doing to think beyond myself to others? You know, some of this stems from uh, for our Easter services. We delivered donuts to all of our members, and it was the most fun that our staff team had had since uh, the COVID nineteen crisis hit. And um, and we included in that a box uh, for them to eat, and then a box for them to share with their neighbors. And uh, and and it was so life giving to us. And then the response from the recipients was was overwhelming. And those types of things God can use in incredible ways to to minister to people. For example, just this week on Monday, a, a friend randomly dropped off some donuts for our family. Now, this doesn't always have to be donuts. These two examples just happen to be donuts. <laughs> but uh, a friend dropped off donuts for our family. Kids came running in with two boxes of donuts and they're like, this guy, Nick, dropped off these donuts for us. And uh, he texted me later. And he said, hey, just so you're, in case your kids didn't know, you know who it was, I don't want to be like a creeper or something. So, but what he didn't know was about 20 minutes before we got those donuts, we had received some really discouraging family news. And, and we were just heavy in our household. And it was like, God, through that just random act of kindness or what felt like a random act to us, um, what, it felt like God saying, I see you. And in the way that he was saying that was, was through the kindness of his people. Um, so those, those kinds of ideas, we, we kind of call this ding dong ditch where you, you, know, you, you ring the doorbell and then you run off and you've left flowers or a gift or a meal, or maybe you, uh, sidewalk chalk is more popular than ever. And so leaving a sidewalk chalk message in somebody's, in somebody's yard. Um, mm, that's yeah. Awesome. And, that's a great way to do it, things with your kids too, you know, is involve them in that. Even I, one thing we've talked about, Shane, has been pay attention particularly to folks who don't get the chance to get out and about much in your neighborhood. It could be an older couple, you know, an older couple. If you know an older couple from, couple from Cornerstone who's in your neighborhood, just make it a family project to make sure they know they're seen, known, loved, and heard. Because you don't have to rely on the platform or on a paid staff member to extend the love of Christ to somebody that way. Okay, here's another one I want to step forward to. You have kind of coined this phrase, my back porch is the new front door to Cornerstone Church. And that's kind of our third idea. Think about the back porch as the new front door to church. Okay, why is that? What are we seeing with that, Shane? Yeah. So it's amazing the number of people who end up at Cornerstone Church and will ask, hey, how did you get here? And they say, I, I Googled churches in Ames and Cornerstone Church was the first one to pop up. And so I came here to visit, but didn't know anybody in the church. Well, as a result of COVID-19, that process isn't working right now. It's not going to be working for, for a while. And, and the reality is that's not actually the way that that's not a bad thing. We're glad for every person who's come through our front door in that way, but that's not the way the church has functioned for 2000 years. The reality is, is that God's people pursue people. And, and so it would be so honoring to, to Christ if we all personally 
began to assume responsibility that the front door into this beautiful uh, family of believers that we get to call the Cornerstone Church would be through, uh, I, I say the back porch. Back porch becomes the new front door of the church. That, uh, or maybe it's your dining room table, or because of co- coronavirus, you're not comfortable having people in your home yet. That's why I'm specifically saying your back porch is um, we can um, we can first build relationship, build build real real friendship with people, um, and as a result of real relationship, uh, they they get brought into into the church. And, and I think one of the things that's really critical to know about that is that when, when you are the front door to the church, it actually makes it a lot more difficult to lose people out the back door because they're known, they're seen, they're cared for. And, and if, if it's not a personal connection through the front door of the church, it's really easy for, for people to, go out the back door because they've not been seen or known or cared for. And I would, I would love it if I would love it if, if our back porch was the new front door of the church, not just now, but that it would stay that way forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great, even a great process would be even to say to people, Hey, if you checked out Cornerstone church online, you know, just drop that. Hey, I go to Cornerstone and we've got a great online. We'll continue to have that. And then just talk to them about it. what do you think? How'd that go? Just engage with people. Okay, fourth opportunity. Do not miss the opportunity for ministry God has given you under your own roof, under the four, inside the four walls of your own home. What do you mean there, Shane? How do we seize on that? Yeah, I, I saw a satirical piece that was written a while back that had this title. Father of three wonders when he'll get a chance to influence others for Christ. <laughs> and, and I just bust out laughing. So bad. You know, that so, is so, so bad. <laughs> so fantastic. Um, and and that's the, you know that's the reality. Like m- one of the things that God certainly uh, is doing through uh, COVID nineteen is helping us to crank up the intentionality with those that He's given us uh, stewardship with in our own homes, in our marriages, in our parenting. And uh, this summer, again, if, as activities are slowed down, as we continue in a season of, you know, indefinite uh, openness in our schedules, we, we have an opportunity to be hyper-intentional with our own families. You and I did a podcast a while back on just how to delight in our kids in this time. And uh, that's something I'm very passionate about. Uh, right now, we're one of the main conversations we're having in our own household is uh, you know the topic of diversity and racial reconciliation, um, and uh, we have uh, two children from Africa uh, that we adopted, and um, and so we're having these conversations a lot. And particularly, our oldest two are thirteen and, and almost twelve are leaning in. They're hearing the news reports. They're they're hearing the conversations that mom and dad are having, and so we're wanting to be intentional with discipling them this summer through, um, uh, through this topic. And, uh, so one of the things we're doing is we're going to do a little in-home book club. Uh, we're reading Trillia Newbell's book. It just fairly recently came out. It's called United Captured by God's Vision for Diversity and something that the four of us can read together and discuss and begin to understand a biblical, uh, framework for, 
um, God's unique design and in, in diversity and celebrate that. And so anyway, yeah, it's just one of the ways we're trying to, to capitalize on an open schedule to be intentional with the types of conversations, the discipleship that's happening in our home. Yeah, that's great. So final um, suggestion here. We've We've heard pursue friendship with your neighbors, random acts of kindness. Your back porch is the new front door to church. Don't miss an opportunity under your own roof. And then the last one is your job is a ministry. And on that, the brief comment I'll give on it is uh, this really deserves a full podcast at some point on why your work is part of the way God is at work in the world, right? But when we say your job is a ministry, we mean when God cares for his world, he does it through the way you do your work. I don't, God didn't just give you your job to give you a paycheck, though that is certainly one of the means by which he provides for his people. But God gave you your job so you could serve others in love and engage with others through the gospel. And so open your eyes up and ask the question, how can I do my work the way Colossians talks about as unto Christ? serving as unto the Lord Christ, even in the way that I do my job. And now, so Shane, we've got five of these, but I want to add a sixth kind of bonus one, particularly in light of the moment when we're recording this and we're looking at a country where the question of racial justice is so large and the conversation around racial justice is so large. I think our kind of bonus place of ministry this summer needs to be um, in the area of racial justice, particularly just expressing love, kindness, and empathy to our friends and our neighbors who may be in that kind of camp of a minority in a majority culture church and a majority culture community. And so I don't want to overlook that. I mean, Shane, what are some of the ways we can engage there? Yeah, well, certainly it starts with, um, with listening. And when we listen, we hear the, we hear a lot of heartache. And when we see uh, people hurting around us, the Bible calls us to weep alongside those who weep. And I think, you know, James one nineteen says, everyone must be quick to listen. They must be slow to speak, slow to become angry. And the reality is I, I'm far too often quick to speak and slow to listen. I, I switch those things around often. And so, um, uh, but, but it's important that I'm listening, not just to people in, uh, in kind of the, um, the natural spheres that I am, but I step outside of those of those spheres and listen to people who are different than me and whose experiences are different than mine, and um, and really come in with no desire to defend myself or my actions, my thoughts, but to to hear and um, and and I think if we if we do that and if we would even spend a good summer of a lot of listening. And a lot of empathizing, uh, feeling the pain alongside those who are hurting, we would we would take some really helpful steps, or it would lead to some really helpful steps in helping heal some wounds and uh, and taking some action that needs to be taken. I was listening to a podcast with JD Greer recently, and his guest was talking about the question of how we go forward in working toward racial justice in our country. And he said, you know, as an African-American man, I just need to tell you, most Christians I run into have a PhD in stats and facts and a third grade education in empathy and listening. 
Mm-hmm. And I was really convicted by that. Yeah. That yeah. we're not just talking about read a book or study the news. We're talking about listening to a person mm-hmm. made in the image of God and just asking, what's your experience been? And I think that ministry of bearing one another's burdens and thus fulfilling the law of Christ is one of the most meaningful contributions that we can make towards mm-hmm. seeing us take steps in our community and in our country forward. And so, Shane, I appreciate the way in all six of these areas, genuinely, you've modeled faithfulness. And for all of you out there listening, this summer is not an opportunity to simply sit there and go bemoan all that we lack. We can't gather the way we used to. We can't do this. We can't do. Instead of saying, here's all we can't do, let's embrace the calling of what God has called us to do. Every member is a minister. Every one of us have been placed by Jesus where he wants us to make an impact for his kingdom and for the good of our neighbor. And so serve faithfully as God's placed you. God bless all you guys.